So I just hit the record button to make sure I didn't, we didn't miss anything, but you know, I, you know, I struggle in this regard and I shouldn't even like, I feel bad that I'm saying I'm struggling because I, I, I think you were right. So yesterday we were talking, um, cause in the twin city is another young black man was killed by police this time a police officer mistaking her service weapon for her taser. And I was talking to you about how we, you know, my administration is approaching the situation. And I was explaining to you about how we've been told to tread lightly because of, you know, our parent community and not wanting to go political and I was making kind of excuses and I said, we're going to keep trying. And you said that you're, that we weren't trying, which is a factual statement. So I'd like to kind of, I, I guess, first unpack, you know, where you're at, um, considering, you know, in the last couple of days, we also saw a video out of Chicago that a 13 year old boy who to the best of my knowledge, knowing the situation did at one point have, have a weapon when he was being chased, dropped the weapon, turned with his hands up, get shot and killed, you know? So I guess just in, in that realm of black or people of color and policing, you know, where do you sit, you know, today, April 17th, you know, um, I'm going to be honest, it would, it, I'm going to steal a quote, well, I'm not going to steal, I'm going to cite a quote from one of my gurus, Master Yoda. He says, there is no try, do or do not. There is no try. Um, I think you sent me the quote, uh, the, the the little sound bite from Shannon Sharp. Did you send me that little sound bite? I don't think I did. Someone just sent me the sound bite from Shannon Sharp saying that if you are, if you are not really sympathetic to the plight of Black Americans right now, but you say you have <clears throat> Black friends then you really don't have black friends. You know black people. Um, and that resonates to me because I have allies of all races. People who call me their friend. And I would hope that if the situation were to happen, um, that Um, I could count on my friends to kind of have my back. <clears throat> and when there's so much injustice and so much wrong being done toward African-Americans and people of color, I mean, you could just, I mean, you can say people of color because that it includes everybody, you know, from everything that's going on. But, but the reality of it is, personally, 
with, with the African-American here in the United States. It, it, it's, if you can't identify with it, then, then I question whether or not there, there, there's a, whether there's a friendship there. Whether they're, you know what I mean? And, and I know you, and I know you were one of the ones who, <clears throat> who admittedly did not have a full view of everything until you moved to Houston. Yeah, and I've, and I've said this too on the podcast many times, and I said it last night when our friends were here, like, I could not even comprehend it, even though I was teaching and working with students of color until you started telling until we were close and you started telling me your stories it was the first time that i could really picture someone in those situations and we had the conversation you know cuz our our friend who you met that was a you know in the wedding and and her wife were here and she was saying how like she grew up in Boise with in a high school that only had two black people. You know, and, and I originally called you yesterday because, you know, we were going to wrap, but I, I wanted your take on, on the, the situation that I'm in as to how to be be an ally to my students who might be going through things, especially, you know, a group of kids who, who may not want to in the current climate at our school voice, voice their opinions in a big group. And the other thing that just came to me and it, it like, and maybe this is a super esoteric question to ask, but, but like, you know what what more what more should i be doing to support you or is it i guess the question is if i support you as my friend am i supporting the people of color community or are there more things that i should be doing that was kind of a convoluted question i don't really feel like i asked it the way i would have wanted to well, well let me go to the first one with your students and, and the issue, and, and I want to speak to school leaders, anybody who's listening to this, who leads a school, whether you're an assistant principal, a dean of students, a, a principal, vice principal, whatever your position is called, uh, uh, district superintendent, <clears throat> whatever your position, headmaster, whatever it is, the issue that we're seeing right now is not political. I'm gonna go there. I mean, because I think that has to kind of be the backdrop that there's no red or blue behind me when I'm making the statements that I'm about to make. There's nothing red or blue. There's no different side of the aisle that I'm gonna be on. <clears throat> it is an issue of human rights. And it is an issue of America living the words that were written despite how we perceive we think they may have wrote it back then. We the people of the United States. I was born here. You were born here. 
So that means that the rights that you have, the freedoms that you experience should be the same rights and freedoms that I experience, but they're not. For whatever reason, it is not. I said the other day, <clears throat> after watching, I've, you know, I've been watching the trial on the breaks uh, the, uh, of Derek Chauvin and, and, and trying to really, wanting to see how they're piecing this together based on all the information that I had already. You know, last summer was rough for me because of this. And, you know, and it's crazy that this is coming up now, going into the summer right around the same time, you know, that, that, that you know, uh, Derek Chauvin took uh, George Floyd's life. Uh, but I said it the other day, I said, <clears throat> I wonder what it would be like just for one day to wake up and not be seen as a black man. And I'm not saying I want to be white. I'm not saying I want to be anything else. But I want to know what it's like to live without the stigma, without the stereotype, without the, um, the, the preconceived notions of who I am before you get to know who I am. Um, because again, Everything in my life, I've been taught to, to walk and act a certain way because I was a black man. I had to carry myself differently because I'm a black man. I had to learn how to speak. I could now, now, now I know, understand code switching. You know, I can go back to Cashmere Gardens and Fifth Ward and hang out with my my family over there, and, and we can, you know, I, I can speak with whatever dialect to blend in. I can go to the Valley and and where you know where you have a lot of our Hispanic brothers and sisters and blend in down there. Code switching. I've learned enough about different cultures to understand what's respectful, what's appropriate in the different setting but I was always cautioned not to have that spillover that when I'm presenting myself to, to a community that, that's not, that doesn't look like me, that there is a certain way that I have to act. I don't think there's any other race on this planet that, that has to give speeches to their young black men and young black girls about how to carry themselves so that they're not perceived a certain way. For young women, don't be arguing. You don't want to be that angry black girl or the angry black woman. You know, don't don't be too strong because you don't want people to perceive that you're this or you're that. So for a moment, I would I wish that we could, as a society, put aside that thing. You know, Martin Luther King said it best that he had a dream that one day that that his children would be judged by the content of their character, not by the color of their skin that dream is still not being realized. And so when you have school leaders who would rather kind of say, we, we won't really talk about it because it's a kind of slippery slope. We don't want to upset parents. If this was going on in, in, in Africa, which it did, and America got involved. If this was going on in Serbia, which it was, and we got involved. If this was going on in Korea, it was, and we got involved. Every time there's a human rights issue outside of our soil, America gets involved and wants to play the leader of, 
this is my free nation. But when it happens here on your own soil, by your own hand, you want to ignore it and don't want to talk about it or want to politicize it to make people want to have to choose a side. No, it's human rights that are being stripped away. It's dignity of our men, our servicemen. Just watch the video yeah. <clears throat> of the lieutenant being pepper sprayed, not only by a police officer, but by a fellow corpsman who admittedly says, I was in the Marine Corps, I know how to follow orders, but I guarantee you when you were in the Marine Corps, you didn't get treated like this when you came home. And to have the, you know, the troubling thing about that was when he said something to the effect of, I'm scared to get out of the car. And one of the police officers said, you should be. You should be. And, and to think that they were angry with him because he decided when he got pulled over that he was going to drive to a well-lit area. Which is legal. It was not a high speed. It was a very slow, planned out. He's a soldier. So he was very strategic on what he did and why he did it. And you still pepper sprayed it and then give him this bogus, when you watch the whole video, give him this bogus ultimatum. I can run you down and then that's gonna let your commanding officers know, or we can cut you loose. No, how about I cut you loose? How about I make a citizen's arrest right now? <clears throat> because you just violated my rights. But then I watched the video of the white man in, in, in Minnesota who gets pulled over by police and then proceeds to drive off with the police holding on to him and not one shot was fired. So again, <clears throat> America has to get away from this double standard that it leaves that we're the land of the free, the home of the brave, unless you're black. How does being black make me less American? <clears throat> Or let me say this, how does being black make me less human? <clears throat> because if I was doing this to dogs, but think about how they painted Michael Vick to be when he, they would say when the dogs wouldn't do what he wanted them to do that him and his group would, would just kill them, right? That's what they painted out. And then they villainized Michael Vick. Oh my God, they made him look like he was the worst human being on the planet because that's a poor dog. But you have people who would say that Derek Chauvin was within his right to stay on George Floyd's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds. That's okay, but it's not okay for a man to shoot a dog. It's okay for Tamir Rice to get gunned down from an almost moving police car He almost did, it was almost like he did a drive-by because the car didn't even fully stop before he started letting off shots on, on Tamir Rice in the park in Cleveland. But that's okay. But not the other. You, 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 I mean, there's a twisted, twisted line. And again, it's not political. Because you, you know as much as I do, I don't rest in any one party. I don't rest in a Democrat or Republican. I don't, I never have, my political views are a little more progressive. I kind of, I want to see who serves the purposes that I love. 
and I want to see who can do what they who, who do I trust to do what they're saying they're going to do. And it doesn't matter if you're a Democrat or Republican. <clears throat> it, it's a matter of are you going to do what's right for all people? Can can I ask you? And I and I don't want to use. The, I know Chad Littlefield uh, implores us not to use the word "why," but why? You know, I've seen that the trial's been on, and I can't. You know, there's part of me that doesn't understand why they would choose to broadcast the entire thing for you know the the weeks that it's going on. So, I mean, why? Why, why did, why have you been choosing to watch it in your downtime? I want to see firsthand what's being said to the jurors in order for them to make this decision. Because this will help guide my next move, my, my next decision, because A year ago, we watched a man get murdered on national TV. Regardless if you say he was on drugs, regardless of that you say in his past, he used to jack people, regardless of what you say that when, you know, when they caught him, he, he looked like he was high. None of that matters. We watched a police officer who took an oath to protect and serve the community that he was assigned to. And we watched him take the life needlessly. On national TV. Live stream. I can't say that that didn't do something to me. I can't say that that didn't stir something up to where I wanted to be a part of the solution that would prevent that from happening again. And I feel the only way we can do that is if we know the truth, understanding why, how people make, why people make the decisions they make is so important. Understanding that, <clears throat> you just talked about the word why, and I was just in a, in, a, in a PD that said that you're supposed to ask five whys. So when you ask somebody a question, ask them to elaborate at least five times to understand why they chose what they chose. And again, I know everyone's due. I, I, I do not want to pretend to say, well, he's, he's guilty already. Okay, we saw what we saw. <clears throat> More has come out to where we've seen George going into the store. His demeanor in the store was not aggressive. His demeanor in the store was playful. We're listening to him while he's on the ground. I'm watching the video and I see that he actually, when he starts to lose control, he, when he when he's slipping off, he starts to urinate on himself. At that point, he was still alive, and the officer stayed on his neck. 
Well, when they used to hang men, one of the things they liked is the fact that they would hang men. When they hang black men, they would take their pants off because they would watch them urinate, defecate on themselves, then watch them get an erection as the hanging glints on, and then slice off their member. You know, we're, this is the same country right now that we're talking about that goes and fights for other people. But that wasn't even outlawed. There still is a bill that has not outlawed and made lynching illegal. So you ask, why am I watching it? Because I want to see if America's going to live up to her creed. I want to see if justice is really blind. Yeah. And it's, and even as you're saying that, I, I feel like, man, that, that makes me sound very privileged to feel like I didn't have to watch it. <clears throat> you know, and it's. If it was, now think about this. When it was OJ Simpson. Everybody watched, everybody watched it. Everybody. A black man on trial for killing two white people. The, the, your typical King Kong story. I mean, I'm just calling it what it is. Your typical birth of a nation, I'm gonna get this guy because he did this. That's what they that's what they were tuning in to see. But we don't want to tune in to see this that's going on right now. Because we don't like to look in the mirror. I was watching a video the other day. Somebody took a homeless man off the street, um, took him, got him in a hotel room, uh, got him cleaned up, um, got him shaved and everything, got him a haircut, got him some new clothes, and then gave him an apartment with a year's lease. The man was excited about all of that, but he couldn't stop looking at himself. And the guy said, "What is it? What? 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 what, what you know, I'm I'm showing you your 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 new place that's yours, paid for, you know, for a year. You know, I'm gonna help you get get started and doing this and doing it." He goes, "Why do you keep looking in the mirror?" He said, "Cause for the last ten years, I had never looked at myself. I feel as if." America has not really looked at herself. And when I say America, I mean America and her people. Her black people, her white people, her red people, her yellow people, everybody. Because that was, that was the mantra of America. E pluribus unum, out of many one. That is our calling. But the, you 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 want to kind of put in some underlining thing to say, out of many, some inferior, some superior comes one and a bunch Itch. of them behind us. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Come on, no one, one and a bunch of others. And it, like I say again, it 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 makes me, it makes me angry, but it also gives me hope because I feel like it's time for new voices to come out in, in the struggle and in this movement. And to be a teacher in a classroom at this time, <clears throat> when my students had the conversation, now they wanted to watch my, one of my classes that we we're really, I spend more time on world issues because that's part of their curriculum to get them, to give them something extra. 
So we spend more time digging into world issues. You know, my GT class that, you know, that's, they, they, they're very, very outspoken. Uh, they wanted to watch the trial and I told them no, because I knew that there would be some things and some language in there and I didn't want to yeah, have that. Yeah, at 12, that might be a little, a little. And for open. some of them reliving that again. Yeah. Now, man. if you choose to, but reliving it again, because again, there were a lot of hurt people last year. And, you know, we want to talk about post-traumatic post stress and the symptoms and, and some of the, the responses that people with post-traumatic stress get. When you think about that kid who may sit in your classroom who gets irritated every time you give them a directive or when things are going on in the classroom, that kid who, 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 when things get loud and rowdy, starts kind of getting antsy. Those could be signs of post-traumatic stress. We don't know what those kids have come from. You know, I had some great conversations with parents this week and they were sharing some things with me that I didn't know about, the, about kids, but I saw that the kid had shifted. So I didn't know what was going on. I just knew something was going on. It led me to call home and called home. And they were like, yeah, here you go. This is what, what's going on. And I'm like, okay, now this explains everything. So we have to start taking into account what's going on. And one of the best ways to do it is to engage the kids into what's going on. You know what I mean? Like I, I couldn't see not having a conversation about a human rights issue. Because I guarantee you, if it, would, if it, was, if it was chimpanzees that, that, that were being slaughtered and they were finding bodies of chimpanzees, I bet you the school would want you to talk about it. I guarantee you they would want, if, if there was an animal being killed off at the rate, being killed off or captured at the rate that black men are being killed off and captured right now in America, I guarantee you there'll be a greater debate about it. There'll be, there'll be people coming out of the woodwork saying, hey, we got to conserve this. We, we got to put this in place and stop the poachers and do this and yada, 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 yada. But my life is not worthy of, of, of conservation. My skin somehow just, deems me unworthy. Well, and it for me, that's why I like I mean, if we weren't friends, I would want to listen to you. If you were a pundit, I would listen to you because you have consistently referred to not just this situation, but kids and students. I mean, you are the truest believer of the term human being that I've ever come across. You we know, and that we're human. Yeah, yeah, you know, and that's the thing with it too, even with my kids, you know, seeing them and trying to and granted like if this year weren't covid ish i would feel like i had a little more and maybe i'm just hesitant because i don't feel like i have necessarily the relationships that i normally would in a normal year to really like because there are a few kids that i know are struggling with it but i'm hesitant to approach them because i don't I don't know that I have that type of relationship with them to be able to, for them to feel comfortable opening up to me. Cause mm -hmm. I'm, again, I am the picture of privilege. 
And unfortunately, I mean, not just around the Twin Cities, but, you know, everywhere there is, you know, a lack of representation in our teaching rank. And I, and, and the more we talk about it this morning, the more I feel, the more I just see it as excuses I have. Like the worst thing that happens if I say to a kid, like, Hey, you know, just say, Hey, I just want to check in on you. You know, I've got this. And I think that one of the routes I'm going to go is when my kids have a study hall, I have an off period. It, that's just kind of the way we only have three study halls. So I got out of it. I'm just going to, as I broach it next week, I'm just going to say, Hey, if anybody feels like they need somebody to rap with somebody to just sit down and listen to them, you want to just say what you got to say, come in, come into the office fifth period and I'll, and I'll listen to you. And so let me ask you, so your administration is saying that you're not supposed to have a discussion at all in the classroom about it. We are supposed to, but it's supposed to be completely apolitical. And I believe it should be. Yeah. It should be. A hundred percent. Like I I don't think this is a red or blue issue. Right. This is, I mean. But their their concern is even because we've had instances earlier in the year of things that as teachers, we feel like we're saying that are factual, that are being misconstrued as political. And that's, and that's really where they're at. And I, because we're politicizing everything right now. Yeah. And that's, and that's what their concern is. And I shouldn't make my, my administration out to be, I, I think they genuinely, um, want it to be but like you also have the trauma that like a lot of these places are our kids neighborhoods mm-hmm. and and that is adding a layer that really like i mean many Brittany, we were talking last night with our friends that were here and you know we were talking about you know the situation that we had discussed in austin you know about mm-hmm. how there's an increasing homeless population and Brittany's like there's no way Austin is bigger than Minneapolis and Austin is twice as big as Minneapolis you know and and just I never would have thought it would have I would have thought if something like this happened it would have happened while I was in Houston I wouldn't have thought that it would have happened when I was back closer to home but even even that added layer with my kids like of it being close, like it's in our backyard. Like even where Brittany and I live in Stillwater, our Walmart is boarded up and we're 25 miles outside the city. But I guess uh, we were talking last night and something came up because, you know, we hear a lot that people say we should just move on that slavery is in the past and racism is in the past, but we were talking and it's something that I've heard you say, do you think moving on and moving forward are two different things? Fam, welcome back to value adds value, or I should say, thank you for checking out this episode of value adds value. Um, just kind of on the topic of, 
you know, race and policing. Because again, you know, close to where I live in the Twin Cities, another young African-American man was killed by police. And we're at a point where we're getting close to the trial of Derek Chauvin being wrapped up. And I just wanted to talk with Will about my situation and, and run some things by him. But it just became a conversation that needed to happen. Um, so this is part one. Um, just kind of getting a feel for where we're at. And then part two on Friday is going to be the answer to the question that I left you off with. Um, are moving on and moving forward the same thing or are they different? And that's what we talk about in this next episode. But I'm um, going to get back to the content. Um, got a couple of really good interviews coming up over the next couple of weeks that we're stoked about. Um, but, you know, we're we're trying to process this thing ourselves and we know you are too and the podcast just is a place for us to do that so we appreciate listening find us at value adds value drop us a line let us know what we can do to help uh, we love you and uh, have a great week talk soon but that's that mentoring experience and that's what podcasts and that's what we hope our podcast become for people is an opportunity to to almost like a master class situation because uh, there are teachers out there who who are rock starring uh, who understand what it takes to do what we do but nobody knows who they are nobody's heard their voice no one's no one's you know there's not a camera in every teacher's room capturing all these moments and, and putting them in a file. And you may have never experienced it, and then you may listen to it on a podcast, and then all of a sudden you experience it, and it's like, oh, I remember them saying, okay, this is how you, okay, got it. And even though it may be like, no, nah, I can't do that, but it gives me an idea, it sparks an idea in my mind of what I can do.